screwdriver. Make sure everything is where you want it. Reach up there and pull those belts tight one more time. Going green next time. Bye. This is the Scrubbing Tires Podcast. Hello, Scrubbing Tires Podcast fans and listeners. We got Brandon, Jordan, other way, and Jacob, the Brady Bunch. Brady <laughs> Bunch. <laughs> Back again for another episode, episode 16 this week. Damn. We're supposed to have a, yeah, no, I'm getting up there. 16 weeks we've been doing this. Uh, we're supposed to have a special guest on, Paul Breedenberg, the CARC historian and vice president. He's not joined the lobby yet, so we're hoping he does, but we'll get right into our show. Got a lot to talk about. And uh, new segments, special guests at the end. I mean, we just got it all. So, uh, yeah, maybe Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know if we're going to have enough time. I, I joined you this week in the old Coors. a boy. See? I don't know what to do with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> See, Brad? Or uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Who? No, not Brad. Um, yeah, Skufka. Oh. Yeah. 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 See? You got two people drinking Coors now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we do not have a shout-out listener uh, spotlight this week. Uh, but thank you to all the fans and, and everybody in general who listens and puts up with uh, the three of us each and every single week. So we'll uh, go ahead and get into one of our new topics here. We kind of just created this today after what ensued this weekend <laughs> in NASCAR. Um, I think I was the the chariot leader here in this <laughs> segment because I was very uh, pissed off about a lot of things. But uh, it's called Water Cooler Talk. So we'll go Water Cooler Brandon, Water Cooler Jacob, Water Cooler Jordan, uh, just kind of like you would at the at the office on Monday or Tuesday, sitting around the water coffee machine, bull crapping, and like you're an armchair quarterback or, or driver. So uh, this segment is actually presented by Team Denver Homes. So if you're looking to buy or sell or find out the value of your home in the Denver area, go ahead and visit www.teamdenverhomes.com. So my topic is, and again, I'm just going to rant and then, you know, not like green flag, black flag, uh, where they give their opinions and so forth, and I give mine, or I'm just going to rant and then pass it to Jordan or Jacob, rather. So, uh, out of all the NASCAR tracks, Watkins Glen, Dover, Indianapolis, and of course, Talladega, they don't have lights. Now, I understand it's a multi million dollar investment, tens of millions of dollars, to especially Talladega, it's almost a three mile track, and you got to do the outside, you got to do the infield. I mean, you just got to do it all. Uh, but why? Why don't this is the top echelon of motorsports, right? It's supposed to be anyway. Why are there not lights at this track? And you might be wondering if you didn't catch the, uh, oh, pardon my French here of keep it clean, uh, the horse shit that happened this weekend <laughs> at Talladega. If you're wondering why I'm, I'm complaining and venting about this, well, it's because obviously it's fall time now. So there's not as much daylight as, say, the summer or spring. And you start these damn races at two o'clock Eastern, their time, mm. or I, I don't know if Alabama's Central or not. Either way, they start them way too late in the afternoon. And then mm. if you have red flags, weather, which every time it seems like now at, at Talladega, you know you're going to have at least two green white checkers. It's going to go into overtime. You're going to have red flags. Same thing with Daytona. All these things, but you start them way in the afternoon. Why? And I understand the churchgoers. You don't want to start it at eight a.m. in the morning. Uh, TV contracts and viewing and all that good stuff. I get that. But every single time now, Talladega has this whole year in the Cup Series, or excuse me, the Cup Series and Xfinity Series has ended on red flag. You had Jeb Burton in the spring. You had Brandon Brown. Congratulations to him. Love to see him get his first win. 
and then you had Bubba Wallace today. And I'm not hating on any driver ever. And people were ranting on Twitter at me, calling me this, calling me that today because I've said this very thing. It's not that I care who won or lost. It's because I want to see racers. <laughs> well, I do. I uh, it's because I want to see racers race and I want to see the race come down to the, the checkered flag and whatever it takes to get. That's what I want to see. And I got a lot of heat on Twitter. Well, you can't control the rain. You can't control Mother Nature. You're, no, you're damn right. You can't. But there are ways to prevent this from happening. Scheduling, getting light, especially on these playoff races that are all September through November in the fall when it gets dark, when the weather's starting to get crummy and nasty. Get lights and then schedule these races maybe even three hours early. So today, for instance, and then I'll shut up. If So Talladega doesn't have lights. We know that. If they would have scheduled this rerun today a little bit earlier or even yesterday, three hours earlier, then you can start it, get halfway, whatever, 100 laps in, whatever, and then it starts raining. Cool. Take them to pit road, put the co uh, covers on the car, and then you can wait. You have a little bit of buffer zone. You have two, three hours that you can just let it sit there, rain, get the track dried off, whatever. But when you start them at 2 or 3 p.m., it gets dark at 6. That The race at Talladega takes three and a half hours itself. So do the math. I mean, it's just – I have I mean, like I said, I wore out Twitter today, and that's the most uh, – I'm not a Twitter guy. But damn it, I want my voice heard. And this, <laughs> how's your and, keyboard? Oh, uh, it was on my phone. It's still intact. Say, how's your how's your screen? My thumbs are, are flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my thumbs were on fire. I was just, I mean, because they need to listen. They need to do something about this. This is not the first time. And then I heard a comment, uh, and I promise I'll pass it, to Jake. But I heard a comment that there's an Air Force base ne nearby, which I've been to Talladega three times. I've never seen an Air Force base. If you've been to Lincoln, Alabama, uh, there's a, a Piggly Wiggly. And uh, gas station, and that's about it until you drive to uh, Birmingham, about 45 minutes up the road. So maybe I'm wrong. I didn't see it, but there's still this is a concern. Get lights, start scheduling the races better. And the last point if you have tracks that are in the south that you know are going to get rain and, and so on and so forth, don't schedule them in the fall. That's just, I mean, if it ain't going to rain in Phoenix in November, I promise you that. But that's my uh, water cooler talk. So I'll pass it to Jake if you got one, buddy. Yeah, I, I, I technically have two of them. One's kind of a random off the wall, not anything to do with racing. But my my racing water cooler talk here is something, I, I don't know if it was today or yesterday or when it was, but after Tate Fogelman won the truck race, he ended up spinning out, crashing after the start-finish line and destroyed his truck. And the track owner of Talladega got on Twitter and was like, basically, this was the coolest thing. This is how the truck should look after a Talladega. And Kyle Busch, since we all love Kyle Busch and his opinion, got on there and was like, that's bullshit. You know, excuse my French, bullshit. And, and I can't believe you'd say that, blah, blah, blah. But it kind of got me thinking. I mean, in a sense, he's kind of right. Like, if you come, if the winner has a beat up truck, that means he was racing his ass off. Whether he got in an accident, banging on people and getting up to the front, he won the race and it showed. It's just like Martinsville and Darlington. You're going to come out with banged up fenders and the old Darlington stripe on the side of your car. I mean, yeah, we all want to bring our cars home clean and stuff like that. But for a guy that maybe runs, what, 10 races a year and goes to Talladega, 
and this is his probably one legitimate chance of getting an, a, a win. The, I mean, go for it, man. I mean, I'm not saying go out and start wrecking cars and, and sending, you know, 20 trucks home on the you know wrecker. But, I mean, if, if you're beating and banging and pushing people and ended up kind of coming to the start-finish line, banging on people, and you spin out and wreck your truck, and then you won, hey, you know what? You were putting in your best effort at that point. If your truck came home wrecked, who cares? Because you won that race. It's your first race. You don't run a huge schedule anyway. But what's wrong with coming home with a beat up truck and, and seeing a truck like that after a win? You know, uh, many people I'm sure will have different opinions in mind, but you know, I, I actually like having like a Martinsville, the winner pulling into, you know, down the front straight where they're going to do the winter circle and thing, thing looks like he got it from the junkyard, but you know what? He still won the race. Wasn't it in 96 when uh, Terry Labonte got, nosedived into uh the wall at bristol and he bristol. pulled into <laughs> yeah. pulled into the yeah. our uh winter circle and really yeah. nose is all crunched steaming gets yeah, literally steam. about yeah literally about 400 feet from coming home with a completely <laughs> yeah. not damaged car yeah, yeah. comes yeah. home with a radiator up into the cockpit you know <laughs> yeah but i mean it just goes to show you you know guys nowadays you know they don't run full full schedules and they don't have good chances anymore so would you have a good chance you go for it and i mean i applaud the guy i mean i, I whether he wrecked uh what's his name Nemechek there John at Hunter, the end yeah. you know it was kind of a you know bang bang deal but you know well, he wrecked him but hey he wrecked him but i mean he was trying not to be below the yellow line and coming mm -hmm. up side draft and Nemechek came down just a smidgen bit but he did wreck it he wrecked yeah him. see that's <laughs> but, the thing is you got to get rid of the yellow line yeah, yellow line exactly. really just got to go. You're going to get yeah. rid of a whole lot of that crap. You just let guys go down there. What does it make a difference if it's at Martinsville or any other track versus Talladega? Yeah. Like, you still got to control the car going down there. If you can't control yeah, you're going to you lose control it down there, good for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, good for you. Exactly. So, so that's that's my NASCAR water cooler talk and uh, real fast, my off-the-wall, out-of-nowhere, non-racing water cooler talk. Have you guys ever had – you remember Grandma's Cookies? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, have you not have you guys had one in like the last five years? Well, they last uh, like five years. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But <laughs> I, mean, I swear they're like Reese's. Man, I remember when we they were like C D sized. Yeah. Right, they're, big. They're, they're, they're literally about the size of a half dollar now. Inflation, uh, brother. I know. COVID. I'm gonna I blame spent, it on COVID. I spent seventy five cents on grandma's cookies today and I opened the bag and I was just instantly like, what the Man, yeah. seriously, yeah, I like, spent seventy-five cents on this. Not grandma's cookies, come on. <laughs> exactly. Whoever makes those, come on. <laughs> right? I want the full cookie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Charge uh, us the extra quarter and give us old cookie, damn it. There you go. All right. I guess my water cooler talk. You got it. I don't know. I don't really have anything to kind of beep bitch about. Um, you're supposed to blank and then not say the word oh dang it dang it We're still working on I, the... I screwed that up see i'm the slow one of the group so uh no i i guess the mere fact that i don't have enough beer variety in my fridge i've only got coors lights left and that's about it you know they don't that's have a whole bad. lot of beer variety in nascar we talk about that well they well well they got well they don't they don't have coors they got who do they got in now miller that's what i'm that's saying that's it there's there's no diversity in beer in Man. NASCAR anymore, and they're pushing a lot for diversity. I well, I, I guess there's Bush. Oh yeah, Bush. Oh yeah, Bush. 
But who really drinks Bush? Talk uh, about piss Dustin water. Garver that y'all met. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's his it. favorite beer. Yes. I'm like, what are you doing? Hey, it's probably because it's like ten dollars for a thirty rack. I mean, <laughs> last time I had it, we were staging into Talladega in the infield, and Harvick was running that bright orange. You know what I mean? The hunt for Bush kind oh, of yeah. did this weekend mm-hmm. or today. And I had one just sitting there. I popped up a lawn chair because they take like magnets and stuff under everyone's car and campers before you go in there. Great idea. And the dog sniff and everything. And so I was like, oh, hell, I'm here. What are they going to do? Kick me out for drinking. So I propped up a lawn chair beside my truck and cracked open a bush. And literally 10 minutes later, I got an instant headache. And I'm like, you can have the, the <laughs> other 29 of them. I'm done. <laughs> just start walking trailer to trailer. Yeah, like, you free beer. Take them back to Walmart. And see yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because there's Kevin something wrong Harvick with these. Gave me this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kevin Harvey gave me I don't like him. I'm allergic. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I guess there's my uh, water cooler talk for today. But at least you had water. beer in your fridge. Yes, so true. Yeah, at least got a couple left, which I'm, you know, brought to you by Coors Light. There you go. There's plenty more in this fridge. If you uh, already. So why aren't we all? Why aren't we all at your house right now doing this broadcast? Good. <laughs> we need to. Oh, All right, Jake. Funny. What do you got cool. next? Well, we are going to go into our next segment here. We're going to do our Cup Series pick brought to you by Great Frontier Insurance. If you are looking for some great uh, bundles of your insurance, home, auto, boat, recreational, anything insurance, Great Frontier Insurance is your place to be. So call Mike Dowling or go to his website, which is greatfrontierinsurance.com. So, do they sponsor race cars? They sponsor race cars. They sponsor the 89. No, like, they're not sponsored. Do they cover? Sorry. Do they cover? Oh, oh do they cars? cover race cars? Uh, you know, I asked that question, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he's like, we'll, we'll insure the trailer you're pulling the car Wait, with, but the car, thing? not so much. Like, damn it. <laughs> what if I made it street legal? He's like, no. Sorry. <laughs> Good try. Good, Good try. try. But yeah, so with that, we are going to go ahead and uh, make our picks this for this next upcoming weekend at the Charlotte Roble. But we do have to congratulate Jord on his very lucky wheel spin. So, Jord, do you have anything to say for yourself about your uh, win this week? That was fate. Pure fate. I, oh, I they said fake. I was like, well, no, you no, no. call it that. It was fate. Yeah, <laughs> fate. Computer, fate. It was pure fate. I mean, by the grace of God, he gifted me. Bubba Wallace's win. It's really funny because, you know, I go the entire year actually like trying to analyze and go through stats like Jake and everything else. Statistics. One win. And then I do a stupid wheel. <laughs> Bubba Wallace and boom. I, I <laughs> but I'll mean, take it. Yeah. But you should honestly tweet at him and show him last week's episode and then. I should. It'd be like, you should thank me. Yeah, exactly. You should. You send, me a, send me a coupon to McDonald's. <laughs> I want a coupon to McDonald's. I want $100 free DoorDash credits. Yes, <laughs> all the sponsors. The DoorDash should go a long way. I, had some side, sure. I want some signed Jordans, too. Yeah, <laughs> or he's sponsored by Columbia Pro Fish, whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah, cool. he is. He is. He's a new jacket. I'll take a new jacket. Mm-hmm. I'm always down for a new jacket. <laughs> all right. I'm getting on Twitter. Do it. Got it. I'm hitting him up. Right <laughs> All right, All right Brandon, okay. what uh, what do you got for your pick this week? Um, Obviously, Charlotte Roble, it's only been on the, the circuit for two years now, but the most dominant guy year in, year out, minus the, the first one where Ryan Blaney won and 
Jimmy Johnson spun out Martin Truex. Um, I'm going Chase Elliott, uh, not only because he's good there, but I think I saw on Twitter he's only, after today's 19th place finish because of Mother Nature, I think he's only like eight points to the good. So I think he's going to be trying everything he can, and obviously he's really good there. So he needs a win to get, obviously it's a cutoff race for the round of 12. He needs a win probably to get to the round of eight, so I'm going Chase Elliott. Jordan, who you got? All right, I'm going to go with the guy you mentioned. Um, I'm going to say Ryan Blaney because he just he just always seems to be running up in the top five, top ten consistently at road course races. So, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to roll with Ryan Blaney and see what happens. I think he's kind of due. He's been running well this year. He won a couple of races right before the uh, start of the chase, and yeah, and he's a good looking dude. So you know, <laughs> he's got to go with it. He's growing that beard out. Yeah, I know. I like that. It's he's finally joining the club. I know. Little I don't boys. know. I, I'm kind of, I kind of partial to his uh, random mustaches. And the, the mustache is way the, better. The when he does the Fu Manchu, oh, that's it's, a, it's like epic. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is epic. And then if, if he grows out the mullet hair and has well, the, old, the you know, 80s the cap, yeah, does he? Yeah. Oh, good, good. <laughs> and hey, he put car on National Speedway on he his car. Did. Weekend, that's true. So that's fantastic, the right there. Post. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, Jake, what do you got? You know, after doing my normal weekly analyzing and statistics, uh, you know, I was going to choose someone different. But like Brandon said, you know, he's just the last, what, four years. The guy is just pretty much unstoppable at road courses. So I, I was going to go with the old Kyle Larson this weekend, but I can't I can't go away from our buddy Chase. So I'm going to go with Brandon on this one and, uh, and do Chase Elliott as well. Here comes yeah. my two weeks worth of beer. Uh, yeah, give me sure. some. I think you're give giving, me some. giving me some back. <laughs> I was say, go borrow some from Jake. He, I gave him eleven of them. <laughs> I still have yet to get any beers from George from any of my wins this year, except for one. Yeah, well, one got one. I've got like five wins <laughs> on the like, season. Yeah. <laughs> he went, he went, I think he won three in a row. That's true. Yeah, there was. I'm yeah. due for one, damn it! I haven't won all year. <laughs> I don't look like I know what I'm doing. You should get one of those big spinning wheels, like you know, Wheel of Fortune, and and do it that way. Yeah, exactly. It works. <laughs> I'll just get a random computer generator and put in forty names. There you go. The drivers do the sound effect. Jennifer Joe Cobb in there for you. Amen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right on. Well, good picks. Uh, we're gonna see what happens. Uh, Roval is always a fun race to watch. Anyway, I've un I've enjoyed watching it the last couple years. So, um, the fact that it it's in the chase again. I'm looking forward to it. So anyways, on to our next segment. So we're going to do the give me, give me some loving. Give me some Waiting for the guitar. I know. Guitar. I know. I, I, uh, fail. <laughs> another, week, another week <laughs> in a row. I can't play a guitar for the life of me. I can do <laughs> one chord, strum them all. And that's there you it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say we would play the music, but to all the people that uh, don't know, there's a, up to a $250,000 fine if you don't have permission um, from the, uh, I can't remember who sings that's the band. Uh, uh, I forgot the, the band that sings that, but we'd have to get written consent to play that. Um, I don't know how much they would want to do it on the podcast. So maybe more to come for season two in 2022. But. I wonder if we do a remix. I was going to say remix. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, Vanilla Ice got in real big trouble for doing that. So, I mean, we can see. 
He changed one note, and that was it. And he but got didn't he get sued? Yeah, he did. But the, because he changed the one note, that's well, what it was yeah, like. You're the that's musician, what he went off so of. you yeah. change yeah. whatever you got to do. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is your guys' segment, the uh, listener. What's up, Scott? Um, you guys shoot us some shoot us some questions. Shoot us some I don't whatever you want to do. This is your guys' segment as the fans uh, to t- participate and uh, hit us up if you got questions for us. If you just want to say something, um, you know, whatever. But uh, kick us off. Let us hey, know. Hold, hold on, you're totally forgetting your yeah, sponsor you, segment you here, Ross. Sponsor segment, and you got to show off the merch. Yes. Yeah. Go while ahead. we're doing this, people get on and give us some questions. Yeah, comments. shoot us some questions. But here we go. Three, two, one. This segment brought to you by. Coors Light. It is refreshing, cold, and blue mountains. Can't go wrong. There, there we go. That's all I got. I, I can never be a spokesperson. That's for sure. I do. You can do no. the graphic designing and all the yeah. physical I marketing. Could, I could make this stuff, but yeah, as far as like promoting it, you stay behind the keyboard. That yeah, I just go behind the scenes, or I go the scene, or I go super <laughs> simplistic. Be like. If you don't like Cooler's Light, then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, oh. Anyways. All right. Yes. Have any. uh, hit tell us your up. Mom, tell your mom. Carrie, you got you got you and all. Scott, anybody yeah. who's watching, hit us up with some questions. You got anything for us? I know uh, Chuck Smith Jr.'s got some. Let's hear it. He's always got some. He's got he <laughs> just has statements. Uh, hey, we'll, hit, we'll we'll post them. As long as they're PG That's and true. you know. There we go. Go ahead, Jordan. All right. So what changes within your specific divisions would you like to see made over the offseason rules in general? Okay, I'll hit us off because <laughs> I got some opinions on this. <laughs> Great topic, Scott. Great topic. And I think these other two will kind of, said, et cetera. Uh, it, it kind of agree with me a little bit. So we've had some discussions about this uh, recently. A uh, couple things that I'd like to see changed. So let's one the tire rule so i like the fact that they have a tire rule in place for for all the divisions and for the grand american modifieds uh finishing the top five for the people that don't know if you finish in the top five you get your tires impounded and then you get you finish up to three races if you finish in the top five three consecutive races you got to use those tires then after the third race you can get new tires so given that the fact that hoosier has had some issues with tires uh, one thing I, I'd like to see potentially change next year, and it would give teams a little bit more of a planning period, is to uh, what, what we had 10 races this year. So if they keep the same schedule, 10 races on the dockets for next year, I say you have everybody purchase up to six tires, six, six sets of tires. You can have six sets of tires for the entire year. You can buy them at any point, whenever, but you know, at the beginning of the year, buy all your six sets of tires and then you plan accordingly and that's all you get for the year. And then that way everybody has them. And then you don't have to worry about this, you know, taking your tires off after the race is over and put them away. You can take them home, whatever. You just get six sets of tires for the entire year and you do whatever you want with them, but that's it. And then Widar, whoever's running the tire deal next year, they write it down. Boom. He's he's done. And then you put the serial numbers on the sheets like we did this year a little bit too. I kind of like that idea. You check them in and then boom, if it's one of the serial numbers, you're good. But I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to see um, possibility of the tire tire rule change. Um, I, it's just more or less because you can't get them. So if we get 
enough of them at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, then then we're set for the season and we don't have to worry about at the end of the season like we did last year going, oh, well, we don't have enough tires. So now you can only run two. You know, it's like, well, crap, that just kind of blew our whole plan for the last, what, two, three races of the year. So um, that'd be one thing I think would might help everybody. I don't know. I could be completely out in left field. Um, I would like to see. I, I know there's some talks and stuff going on about different rule changes and whatnot, but I would love to see them go back to a claim rule on the boaters like they, like they did in the 90s. Um, I, I, we worked our ass, excuse me, we worked our asses <laughs> off getting the car to a decent place. But we just didn't have the horsepower. Like we could go spend probably 20, 30 grand on a motor, sure. But, um, you know, but we, we got competitive over towards the end of the season because we got the car finally to turn. It's all about setup. If you can get through the corners, you're good. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, we're running 500 horsepower and some other guys are running way more than that. So we're running uh, like under 500, by yeah. the way. Okay. So under 500. We're running 100 horsepower, damn it. Yeah. yeah. But well, it, I got a Briggs Stratton on that. <laughs> yeah. in that 206. looks good. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'd like to see him go back to a claim rule, to be honest with you. I think that would be uh, an interesting way of evening the playing field. You know, whatever the price may be, you'd have to figure that out. I, I think back in the day, it was like 1500 bucks or two grand and you could buy anybody's motor. So uh, that'd be, that's, that's my opinion on it. Uh, I think the tire rule thing and then, um, yeah, putting the claim rule on the motors. So uh, Jake, what do you think? Uh you know, similar thing, you know, like, uh, Kyle Morse just said, the sh tire shortage isn't going anywhere. I, I don't, I mean, there's tracks on the East coast that stopped running midway through the year because they couldn't physically get tires. So, uh, that really sucks for them. Um, I, I'd like to see kind of similar what the late models do, uh, spec motor, you know, spec motor, spec carburetor, compression, Legends. All that stuff, yeah, and and that way it isn't even even playing field across the board. You know, uh, I know Ed Vecchirelli; he likes to have the big motors, spend all the money on the big motors, and you know, not every not every night he's out there he wins. But there was a couple years in a row where you see the highlights on uh, Colorado National Speedway's website or Facebook, and it's like Ed Vecchirelli takes another win. You know, and it, there's just no excitement. I, I think this year it was a lot better. I, I know, granted, Ed wasn't out on the track this year for uh, <laughs> reasons. <laughs> yeah, for reasons that uh, you know was in his control. But uh, neither here nor there. Uh, we had diversity. You know, yeah, Clegg won like the last three races or four out of five or whatever. But we had, uh, you know, O'Neill win twice. We had. Uh, Scotty Scott, like his first or second night out, go out and win. And, you know, Jim Doug, like he's on here, Jim Douglas, there was a couple times he was up in second fighting for a, uh, a win. So, you know, the diversity is there, but I, I'd like to see kind of like Kyle Morris said, uh, you know, run 602 motors, crate motors. And then that would kind of even up the, uh, we're just pissing everybody off. Playing field. <laughs> <laughs> Us poor boys can't afford them. I can't afford a $30,000, uh, you know, 
damn motor either from Greeley Automotive Machines. So uh, I don't know. I just like to see something to where it's kind of an even playing field motor and horsepower wise on the GAMs. And then it's just literally coming down to how well do you have your setup? Because there's guys that can set, set up a car and, you know, can run really good. Sometimes guys just went off, you know, motor alone. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but that's kind of what I feel like. Yeah, I, I mean, I think everything they said and then what we've talked about in the last two or three episodes now, the introducing the regional state, if that has to just be state, state and regional kind of series, if you will. So like the legends do, we can go race at Intermountain, Highway 92, I-25, all that good stuff. And there's more incentive to go to those places and with the space in between KCNS has a race on this weekend, but not for another three weeks for this class. Well, then you can go to these other tracks. So that what these two just said and introduce a state and regional type of thing, because then it gets more tracks involved, which we have listeners begging for CNS drivers to come to their speedways. And that's one way to do it. So that is my, uh, I guess, statement on that. And I guess we'll go into the next one in order. Oh boy! Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, I should race. So that's not this weekend, but the next. That is the sixteenth. Uh, yeah, weekend of the sixteenth. Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's. Uh, I, I think that's a why not third person that's asked me that now. That's why not? You got the decals. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a little discrepancy there with those, but. Um, <laughs> they're not quite like I'm a perfectionist and whatever. And some of them, not all of them, a lot of it turned out great. I'm not hating. Just throw some orange duct tape on the side of that. Yeah. I got you. I'll make it look good. Yeah. (laughs) Just put some masking tape. So I don't peel off the paint, the big old number three H. And we'll go. Uh, In all honesty, like I really haven't thought about it just because I really don't, sorry, I was going to burp there. I really don't know what springs are on the thing because the, the, serial numbers or poundage number on them hey, are worn out. Hey, Kyle, 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 this was your car. What springs are on it, buddy? Let <laughs> yeah, you missed it. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, whatever, he, however he set it up, but, I mean, we didn't spin out a wreck, so clearly That's it was set thing. up pretty good. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, now Chuck Smith's... <laughs> Just go for it, man. And that's probably yeah. after about three or four beers. So he's probably like, yeah. go for it. And he's yeah. got IPAs. So yeah. well, no, I, a full disclaimer, uh, everyone, I will be in New Mexico hunting elk that weekend. And I'm not even lying. So That is true. I um, wish I was going. Yeah. But, yeah, I leave on. Uh, I'll squeeze in it. <laughs> well, I want to see that. <laughs> I can do it. Oh, oh, he's got the numbers. There we go. Oh, perfect. Screenshot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I will be uh, hunting. I leave the 14th to go to New Mexico, but I really want to. I want to experience what it's like with uh, other cars out there, not just myself. Obviously, I think more practice by myself would probably be beneficial before we get out there with 29 other legend cars. And I would agree more with that last statement. Yeah, destroy them or me. So. <laughs> <laughs> not saying I'm a reckless driver, but anyways, um, yeah. I, I think we had a question from another one from Scott. What crazy idea uh, would you put out for a fun for run for the track? Crazy idea just to have a blast and laugh behind the wheel, not demo X related. I want to see motorhomes. 
I want to see like motorhomes. Like yeah, that'd be like you've seen those ones where they have like uh, trailer races with like boats or like whatever. boats and stuff on them. Yeah, yeah. I used to have a video game like that. Uh, yeah, I want to see one. Yeah, I want to see like motorhomes or something. And you can yeah. do whatever you want to it, like motor wise. Like put a monster <laughs> truck. Like put the gam motor in it. Yeah, put yeah. a four fifty yeah. in it or something. You know, just make yeah. it something raunchy, and you know. That would be that would be funny. That would be really funny. Boat racing, yeah, Brian, yeah, boat racing would be cool. And make them go backwards. You mean like, like a, a, the opposite way? Yeah, go, 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 go right to turn. Yeah, turn right. right. Yeah. Make turn a right, right to go hand fast. turn, not a left hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something, something, something different like that, or you know, figure eight them or something. Scott, you don't pay me. You guys don't pay me enough to stick around and clean up after these races. Uh, I'll be sitting at the pit wall doing this. <laughs> Missed one. No. Scott, get Mark out there. Get his big butt running. Exactly. Hunter yeah, lap enduro in the snow. That would be kind of cool. We're getting they, all kind of comments. I can't keep up. They they kind of do that at I seventy six, but if it, the track is too wet, they won't. But they kind of do that at I seventy six already. Yep. There's a go kart race coming up in the snow in Denver. I saw. Well, I was just gonna say they do like the ice races. Yeah. Um, I saw a YouTube. Kind of. It was a YouTube video a couple years ago. They had sprint cars on the ice, and they were launching snow like forty feet in the air with the freaking. Uh, it was amazing. It's you. You wouldn't want to be the guy behind him. I tell you that. You wouldn't want to be the guy just sitting there. I mean, you couldn't see worth nothing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you talk of, of yeah. <laughs> 410 on ice. Woo. Yeah. I, it'd be hard enough on dirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. Well, this has been a great uh, Give Me Some Loving segment. I appreciate everyone commenting. I, like I said, I'm trying to keep up with all of them, and there's some I missed, I'm sure, but uh, appreciate. Let's, uh, let's, let's see here. Jim Douglas, 16th Winchester Speedway Half Mile Bank. I know we've been actually talking about oh, that, Jim. Uh, I want to watch. Yeah, with our overheating issues, we would we were we decided not to go, but we really yeah. did contemplate going. For just sure. to, just to go check it out. That yeah. that that track, I've I've seen the YouTube videos and everything. I would love to go see it in person. I think they're going like to have a, it on YouTube Live. They're going to well, it's not YouTube Live. It's um it's probably Map TV or uh, or Speed or Speed Fifty One dot com or something like that. Yeah. I think I'd have yeah. to go to the go to the site. Um, I know uh, John Seeley has been reposting the heck out of that race on facebook so i've been paying attention and yeah we've we've talked about that about they, going down there and just I checking it out at least 40 plus cars are oh. signed up ready to go i think you, uh chase elliott's won that a couple times yeah for any listener that hasn't seen that track go to youtube and look up winchester speedway and it's like it's like a mini darlington like it, it's high banked you're barreling into that corner getting up close to the wall and you're, you're carrying a lot of speed so Relay races would be fun. Yeah. Now, that's the thing. Now, that, does this mean the drivers go up to their door to pass the baton, or do we get out of our cars? I mean, that's, that's great. I like you, that. You know, we did talk about a couple years ago when we first started go-kart racing. Of course, this can't ever be at a sanctioned racetrack because they'll never allow <laughs> this. But remember that video we saw where them dudes were running on some track yes. in their own back 
home, you know. I do words. remember that. And they would go around. You had to do two laps, come in, chug a beer. Chug, chug a beer. beer. Yeah. <laughs> two laps, and they, had, they did like 50 laps or something like that. Hammered. Yeah. Hammered by the end. <laughs> Hitting the hay bales and all and that then, stuff. And on the one black dude that had like the like four-foot-long dreadlocks. Like, how oh, did yeah. that catch that Whoa, in a chain? That was scary. <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh, Miranda, Miranda with our race had to put it up in a – you know, mm -hmm. whatever she did under the mm -hmm. helmet. Because, yeah, if that gets caught in the sprocket, you go. Yep. Oh, that just hurt when you just be driving along. Kadoom! Ow! Yeah. yeah. Was, oof, I don't even want to. <laughs> Those are great questions. And I think uh, CNS and surrounding tracks might have to think about it over the, the, the winter. Hey, this whatever, what it makes, whatever it makes more entertaining. Exactly. What we, we're here to help you, the fans, give you what you want. Yeah. We're the, <laughs> we're the, the, the relay to the tracks. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to reach out to NASCAR by God today. <laughs> they uh, might know you by the end of the day. Still, <laughs> yeah. The flag. Whoever three B Hall on Twitter is, he needs to calm the hell down. Yeah, they're just doing <laughs> this. God, this guy again. <laughs> we get it. We want lights. We get it. Block. <laughs> uh, Scott's telling us to get on with the program. All righty. Chill out, man. <laughs> So, all right, well, we'll go on to our next segment real quick and we will do as quickly as we possibly can. But we want to give shout outs to all these drivers that race, race this yeah. weekend. So, we Kyle are Morris. going to new, uh, go on to our next segment, which is the race recap of Car National Speedway this weekend, brought to you by Raising the Bar Exteriors. If you are looking for siding, a new front door, new windows, anything to make your house uh, more appealing outside and to up the value, definitely go to RaisingTheBarExteriors.com where they are raising the bar in industry standards. And that is a direct quote from him. So, <laughs> well um, thank you. Um, so, we had the Sunbelt Rentals Late Model Championship Nights. We had the Late Model Special where they ran two features. Uh, Legend Special, which I don't think they ran two features. They ran yeah, a heat race yeah. and then just like a couple extra laps. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they had the Bando Specials, Trains, and Circle Drag. So I'm going to go ahead and start us off with the Bandoleros. Um, I do have to give a shout-out. I think her name is Melody McMullen, I do believe. She yes. is like an avid Colorado National Speedway fan, which is fantastic. And she literally goes live with every race at every class. So it's awesome that she does that because we get to see some of the racing. So uh, the Bandoleros were racing pretty good this weekend. Um, since they don't qualify or anything like that, they just do a pill draw, have a dash, and then a feature. So it looks like the Bandit Dash, the no surprise here, number 33, Dylan Kellogg, come, came out with the dash win. Uh, and then the Outlaw Dash, number 98, Sammy Haugen, uh, came out as the winner there. And then your Bandit feature, no surprise again, uh, the 33 of Dylan Kellogg came out with the win. And the outlaw feature, the number 98, no surprise, Sammy Haugen, came out with the win there as well. So quickly, I'll go ahead and do the points for them because I do believe this was their last race for the Bandos, right? What is that? I'm pretty sure, yeah. So uh, we'll go because there was only eight that participated all year, so we'll go eight to one. Uh, we had the 12 car of Aspen Lang uh, finish in eighth. Uh, seventh was the 60 of Liam Hammond. Uh, sixth place was the three of Riker McConaughey. Uh, fifth place was the 21 of Madeline Lang. Fourth place was 68 of Wyatt Dent. Third place was the 61 of Lily Tuttle. Second place was the 23 of Javon Bernard. 
And then your series champion for the uh, Bandit Bandoleros was the 33 of Dylan Kellogg. So congratulations to Dylan. And then your Outlaws. It looks like there was seven cars that came out during the year. So in seventh place, the 21X of Jake Johnson. Sixth place just says the 17 car. It doesn't say what the name is there. So apologize for that. Uh, fifth place was the 16 car of uh, Amali Phelps. Fourth place was the 75 of McKenna Crocker. Third place was the 78 of Gracie Crocker. Second was the 98 of Sammy Haugen. And your series champion in the Bandolero Outlaws was the 52 of Nick Wall. So uh, sounds like the Walls are having a great year this year. So congratulations to both Dylan Kellogg and Nick Wall for your championships this year. So amen. Uh, amen to that. So I will go ahead and pass this off to Brandon to do the recap of the Legend Cars. All right. So the Legends, this was not their last race of the season. They have one more like uh, Mr. Morse just mentioned. Um, so they had 30 cars, another great turnout for the Legends this last weekend. Uh, quick time, I'll go five through one. Scotty Scott uh, qualified fifth, Kyle Clegg fourth, Ryan Jones third, Danny Medina second, and no surprise, Chris Eggleston was your uh, quick time winner for the night. And again, they just had their normal slow dash, fast dash, and feature. So in your slow dash, you had the 9M of Terry McBride coming in fifth, the number 14 of Jacob Natal, uh, rookie, coming in fourth, the 51 of Casey uh, Wiggins, really good run for him, coming in third, the number 90 of Ch uh, Jason Groff, who's also a rookie in the series this year, uh, took second in your slow dash, and the number 32 of Cody Milan, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> won your uh, slow dash uh, for last week or last Saturday's race. So fast forward into the fast dash. The number 87 of Tim Trostel finished fifth. The number 15 of Danny Medina finished fourth. The 21 of Ryan Jones took third. The number 22, Chris Eggleston, your quick time winner, winner not winner, winner, uh, finished second. And the number 66 of Kyle Clegg was your fast dash winner. And then into your feature. And thank you, uh, Chris Eggleston, for posting your GoPro video of this feature. I don't know if you two watched it, but holy crap. It was uh, a pretty good epic battle there at the end. You had Chris Eggleston um, fighting up there. He, he drove his way up there. And then Danny Mendina and Kyle Clay were kind of up there the whole race. And then Chris caught him and uh, passed him, passed Danny Medina. It was like back and forth, back and forth. Chris finally got ahead of him, and then all of a sudden you just see Chris kind of shoot up the racetrack and his arms do that one of these real quick, and Danny squ squ squirts by him on the inside and takes over the lead, and then Chris takes it back, and then uh, that last caution at the end. But uh, Chris Eggleston was your feature winner, followed by Danny Medina, Kyle Clegg, Ryan Jones, and Scotty Scott. Um, it had my heartbeat racing just watching the GoPro video. Um, so uh, epic battle with all of those guys and gals. Um, wish I could have watched that one live, but thank you to not only Chris, but everyone that posts and Jake and everybody who posts GoPro footage because it, it gives us a different perspective and gives us talk, uh, stuff to bull crap about on the podcast. So that was your uh, legends for Saturday night. So I'll give it to Jordan for the late models. All righty. Well, so give a little recap over uh, quick time. So uh, fifth was the 16 of Steve Mills. Uh, fourth was the 31 of Rick Smith. Third was the 40 of Brandon Newey. I believe I said that right. Uh, second was the 69 of Nathan Gasser. Good to see him in a car. And first was the 76 of Chad Cohen. Um, then moving on to, they just had double feature night. So for your first feature, 
Uh, coming in fifth was the 98 of Lee Kemet. Fourth was the 94 of Kyle Morse. Good job, buddy. Uh, Third was the 24 of Eric Bowers. Second was the 31 of Rick Smith. And first was the 76 of Chad Cohen. And then for your second feature. Hey, wait a uh, minute. Before we get going on this. Yeah. Did, I think Kyle Morse won the second feature, didn't he? He's on we're here. Getting, tell us. We're, getting, oh, no. we're getting into that. Yeah, he did. That was okay. the first feature. No, I know. But feature two. It's oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. I think I... I know that, yeah. I believe it was the second okay. one. Race, Unless, race, race Monitor, because you copied this from Race Monitor, I right? I did, yes. Yeah, so Race Monitor didn't know about the technical things after the race. So okay, I'll right. shut up. Sorry. I thought I was making a mistake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just jumping the gun. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, no, so uh, coming in fourth, because top five, I, well, actually, I guess I can go to the uh, the website and actually give the full recap for the second feature. Right, um, pausing, we'll take a commercial break for Cruise Line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Grab a beer. Um, when the mountains are blue, you know what's cold. <laughs> so coming in fifth is the uh, 98 of Lee Kemet. Fourth was the 16 of Steve Mills. Third was the 8 of Dan Alama. Uh, second was the 69 of Nathan Gasser. And first was the 94 of Mr. Kyle Moore. So good job, buddy. Good job, buddy. Uh, a win's a win, no matter how you get it. Kind of like Bubba Wallace. So you take uh, it. Anyway. I had to throw it in there. I know. I'm just going to gonna just keep doing it all night long. <laughs> you will have to let us know exactly what happened there, because uh, yeah. I don't think the recap says exactly what happened. just says that uh, he won the race. Um, doesn't say for what. I know he didn't. He failed tech, but what did he fail tech for? Yeah, well, yeah. George gave him the points. Uh, standings. Give we us have a comment. couple of a. I think we have a couple of officials that are oh. watching the show too, so maybe they can give us a insights to what happened. You know, I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess, because he lost the race, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, point standings. So, your uh, your final point standings for the year were coming in tenth was the seventy six of Chad Cohen. Uh, ninth was the ninety nine of Sam Mezzarelli. Uh, eighth was the ninety four of Kyle Morse. Uh, seventh was the thirty three of Christopher Buskirk. Uh, sixth was uh, the 98 of Lee Kemet. Fifth was the 48 of Mikey Blackard. Uh, fourth was 16 of Steve Mills. Third was the 8 car of Dan Alama. Uh, second was the 6R of Tommy Rowe. And then your track champion for the late models in 2021 is the 31 of Rick Smith with 366 points. Uh -huh. He was 32 points over second place. So he kind of ran away with it. But uh, good job. Congratulations to Mr. Rick Smith. Is is that his second? Didn't I, he win it last year? No, I don't I don't think he won I, it last year. I can tell I don't you. Know, I, I got to go back look. and look. He did but win it last year. He did win it last year. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. He won it last year. So two years in a row for that man. So, yeah, congratulations on the uh, on the championship. And good job, Kyle Morse, again. Congratulations on your win. Um, I mean, wins are hard to come by in any series. So, you know, you'll take it. Hey, and it sounds I don't know if like you saw uh, that, Jordan. That's why tech he failed tech. Oh yeah, track with too wide. Track with. I kind of had right. a feeling that's probably what it was. But hey, like George said, wins a win, and it sounds Don't like you're you getting uh, better and better all the whole night. So, I I wouldn't take that as a slouch. Hand me over win. I know. You were you were railing right there. up there. So, and I was right watching there. some video, especially from Brad Skufka, uh, yes. racing. Uh, I was watching it through him too. So. It wasn't just like a hand-me-down. You were making your moves up there, so good, good job, bud. All right. 
So uh, I'm going to hand this back off to Jake to give us the rundown of the trains. We need to get that back. I don't think I've ever heard I know. that I know. in a while. I, I agree. That was like the fa- my most favorite thing about the trains. Well, second most favorite thing is that they had that little song coming out. when. Yeah, like, they just know. got you pumped. And yeah. and I haven't been on the front side in a long time. No, it's still not. But it's do, not do they sell the... The, no, I know what you're talking the train about. Whistles? The, no. the train whistles? The train whistles? No. They don't even sell those anymore? No. Oh, my God. Make trains great, great again. <laughs> Scotty, here we go. If you, you're, I'm trying to help Jim here. Give, okay. Get some pull, man. Get some, yep. We need to get those back we in the kids' hands. Whistles. You'll be hearing whistles for days <laughs> if we sell those. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll just go buy some, and we'll sell them in our pit. Yeah. Put a Scrub and like Tires logo on them. Yep. There you Put go. the Scrub and Tires logo on the side of them. Big old 89 and a 3. 3H. 3H. There we go. And we'll we'll give them to all the kids. <laughs> Anyways. All right, Jake, what do you got? <laughs> all right. So, of course, uh, the trains, they just run uh, last of the night because uh, they're just literally demo cars strapped together. Uh, front car is the gas and the motor and the middle car is literally nothing and the back car is just the brake hang on and and especially with the wall brother uh, i think it was i think it's jared that drives the uh, uh 86 last call it's just like don't touch the brake and just hang on if you get hit i'm sorry i'll get you a beer after the race <laughs> kind of what i feel like the trains run but uh I was watching a little bit of the video and these things, they just, they give you the show right at the end of the race. So uh, with that uh, seventh place was the 45 Trump train. Uh, Sixth place was the 311 bipolar express. Fifth place was the 77 Willie B foundation train. Uh, Fourth place, the 151 crazy train. Uh, Third was the 01 Dukes of hazard. Uh, two was the 26 slam truck and your feature winner, which I'm pretty sure they won like every race this year, at least probably 90% of them, mm-hmm. the 86 last call, which is, uh, like I said, Jared wall and whoever decides that wants to <laughs> get into his brake car, uh, and hang on for the ride, uh, won that race. So uh, congratulations, uh, last call for your win. I'm going to go ahead and look up real fast. The points for the trains this year i'm pretty sure i already know who won the championship of course yes we did uh so in order eighth to first eighth was the 17 of salute to service seventh was the 77 willie b foundation train sixth was the 26 slam truck uh or slam track excuse me fifth was the 45 trump train fourth was the 311 bipolar express Third was the one Dukes of Hazard uh, train. Second was the 151 Crazy Train. And your track champions for this year, 2021, was the 86 of Last Call. So uh, congratulations to Last Call again on your uh, track championship. It's probably like, what, four or five in a row here. So however many you have, that's awesome nonetheless. So, and alluding to that, I don't know if you guys saw on CNS's website the uh, picture that Joe Starr took of that one, and the brake car's like half turned over yeah. going through the X. Oh. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to go look. Pee all yeah. down my leg, man, I tell you. Mm. It, 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 it'd be nasty getting me out of that car if something <laughs> like that happened. There you go, Scotty, if uh, yeah, I was ever in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might have an odor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just instantly say sorry before I even got in it. 
Uh, All right, George, uh, shoot it over to you. Sweet. All right, so the look ahead. So Saturday, October 9th, the Take 5 Oil Change Super Late Model Championship Night. Woohoo! All right, that'll be a, hopefully a really good race. Uh, I got the Super Late Model Special. The Super Stock Special and the Figure Eight Special, so we got double headers all night long going out there. So um, yeah, get out there, go check out the Super Late models, the Super Stocks, and the Figure Eights. Should be a really good, really good and crazy night. Actually, um, really interested to see how the uh, Super Late model race plays out, especially two of them. So uh, should get a pretty good car count at least. Um, but yeah, there we go. There's your look ahead, and then I think we're gonna go ahead and pass it off to Brandon for the next one. Absolutely. So we got a cool little uh, video like we did for Mr. Joe Starr this weekend or this last Monday, excuse me. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, play that for you. A little intro of intros and then we'll uh, have our guest Paul uh, Breedenberg come on. So sit back. <laughs> all right paul can you hear us i can hear can you hear me we can hear you hear sir you. awesome all right so I'm extremely uh, non-tech hey that's okay <laughs> we're just thankful to have you i was getting a little worried there we didn't have you in the lobby and we're just gonna roll with it but uh glad you joined us glad to be here absolutely so uh we'll uh like i said the uh historian and vice president of the carc and uh, we'll give it to you for an uh, introduction before we uh, get into the good stuff here, Paul. All right. Should I uh, do my whole thing here? Hey, do your thing, man. The floor is All yours, right. sir. All right. The Colorado Auto Racing Club, also known as the CARC, was formed in 1946 to bring the exciting sport of auto racing to the Denver, Colorado metropolitan area. Fourteen charter members formed the club, some of which have been World War II fighter pilots. They began racing cars that were known as roadsters on Tabletop Mountain outside of Golden. Keith Andrews won the first race. Roadsters were stripped down convertible cars from the 30s with no safety equipment. Entrance and egress from Tabletop was difficult for thousands of people. So the club found other venues, including DuPont Speedway and Adams County Fairgrounds before settling into a more permanent track at the new Englewood Speedway in 1949. It was a third mile dirt track and the club raced there until 1952. That year, the CARC began racing at its longest stable venue at Lakeside Speedway, a fifth mile paved oval. The small track and large fields of cars made for close quarter racing and opportunities for excitement in the form of accidents. Racing was so popular that the club tried racing twice a week for a while, but found that keeping cars fielded that often became very difficult and reverted to only Sunday nights as midget racing held the track on Saturdays. At that time, there was very little competition for the sports dollar in Denver, so the CARC was a large drawing card. A late model class for contemporary cars was run in the mid-50s, but wasn't successful, so the club continued on running the popular modified stock cars that made them famous. About this time, the CARC became a later leader in social change, as they first allowed and then later encouraged women to race in their own powder puffed races against other women. Eventually in the late 70s, women began, became part of the entire program and raced against the men. The rookie of the year in one year in the 2000s was a female. 
Success for the CARC continued into the 60s and competition was fierce for the semi-modifieds and large crowds continued to fill Lakeside's grandstands. The Ford Flathead V8 that had been tom dominant throughout the 50s was replaced by the Ford Straight 6 and lap records were set on a frequent basis. Chassis and suspension development helped to improve lap speeds as well. Cars were getting more expensive, so field size dropped throughout the decade. A new division for compact cars was developed to help fill the racing cart in the mid-60s. After just one or two seasons, the compact class became a full, late-model series, and larger cars with overhead valve V8s were allowed. This provided an opportunity for local racers to run at Englewood on Saturday night and Lakeside on Sunday night. Close racing continued, and battle for season champions was still fierce. Then in the early 1970s, the CARC opened up the rulebook and allowed overhead valve V8 engines in the modified class, this time with the Chevrolet small block becoming the major hitter. Because of this rule change and aerodynamic wings being allowed, speeds increased rapidly. Another addition in the mid-70s was the mini-stock class for small cars, cars including foreign-built automobiles. This, along with the continuation of the late model class, helped to fill the racing car and the grandstands. The modified fields represented a smaller portion of the total car count as it became vastly more expensive to race the specially built chassis and high performance engines required to run at the top of the charts. Also, the early car bodies that the club had depended upon became harder and harder to find, so a short-lived move to later style bodies placed over the modified chassis was made. The late 70s continued to see the expansion of other classes from street stocks to super stocks as the modified field continued to shrink. Racing in general had become more of a specialty hobby and costs were ex escalating at a rapid pace, along with racing speeds. High-speed racing equipment, including improved safety equipment, added to the costs. Additionally, other sports teams were now catching hold and took more and more of the sports dollar available for people to spend for entertainment, making it harder to fill the grandstands. As racing moved into the 80s, much remained the same as in the 70s. Speeds continued to climb, and in 1988, there was a serious crash when a late-model Camaro hit the fencing, sending debris into the stands at Turn 1. This resulted in the CARC's only spectator death and the eventual closing of Lakeside Speedway at the end of the year. The club fell dormant for a few years trying to find a new location to race and eventually found a home at Second Creek Raceway in Commerce City area. Racing resumed on Friday nights from 1994 through 1999 when that track was sold and closed. Racing at Second Creek was close and tight, with several classes of cars running, including modifieds, late models, mini stocks, mini sprints, go-karts, and others. Camaraderie was strong among club members, and seeing several team members from opposing teams help a driver solve a problem was a common sight. In 2000, the CARC consisting now only of the modified cars, now known as Mod Coupes, started racing at alternating sites at Cheyenne's Big Country Speedway and Pueblo's I-25 Speedway. Fields were fairly small for a while, but the racing was good and the word soon got out that the CARC was a friendly bunch to race with. Car counts started to grow and soon in 2004, the club was added to the cards at Colorado National Speedway. After several years there, the car counts began to dwindle so that by 2016, the CARC was no longer providing enough cars to be invited back to CNS. As we speak today, the CARC has been struggling, racing only at Cheyenne 
now renaming its track Intermountain Speedway, with small fields of mod coops providing fun and friendly racing. What will the future hold for the CARC? Only time will tell, but its glorious history is a slice of Americana that needs to be kept alive. More detailed information and photos can be seen at www.modcoops.com. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. That was wonderful, Paul. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> quite a history. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Quite the history. Definitely. And, and you in, just told us all. That was awesome. Yeah. And in doing this whole, uh, the script and getting questions for you gathering stuff, I learned just enough looking at pictures and, and doing that kind of thing. So I, I tried to share them. I'm, I uh, kind of goofed up a little bit and it's hard to click all these buttons on this dang thing. So <laughs> I tried to share them all, but uh, yeah. So. another beer. <laughs> yeah, let me chug this real quick. Chug this. <laughs> Us and technology sometimes don't work either, so we're yeah. right there with you. This is very high tech. There's uh, for everyone listening. There's a lot of buttons behind each of our screens and keyboards, and a million things going on everywhere. So I, I try my best there. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Paul. Um, I know I I know Scott Bremkamp obviously has ties to you, and we'll kind of get into that but just want to thank you so much for everything you do with the carc and keeping that alive um obviously history is kind of needed obviously to keep the entertaining people and and informing people of how colorado and the and the history of racing kind of got started and what it's kind of morphed into and you know hopefully we can continue this uh not just at intermountain but everywhere but yeah so uh if you're ready paul we'll go ahead and get into some of uh the questions we had for you and then we can just kind sure, of chit chat and, and uh get scott in here maybe a little bit to comment but so uh my question for you uh in doing some reading on the on the car carc facebook page and stuff it's been around for 75 years now so my question and looking at all the photos that you sent me and then all the ones on your Facebook page that people are, are open to share and post, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, I know Mark Bremkamp gets on there and uh, uh, does, or their dad, sorry, uh, Michael gets on there and posts. Um, so where do you keep all these these pictures and documents that you have throughout the year, each year, whatever do you have? Is it like a museum type where you have like books and photo albums and stuff like that? Or is it all digital now? Or how does that kind of work? Uh, the fo photos that I have, I make uh, physical copies and keep them in a notebook, in, you know, plastic cool. sleeves. Um, ones that show up online, uh, sometimes I steal them and make copies, and sometimes right. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how legal that is, but... Uh, hey, if they're posting, I say go for it. I figure <laughs> if they're out there, you know, hey. Uh, yeah, free game. Yeah. That's it. That's the way I see it. <laughs> and... Uh, um, I do have a small museum in my living room, uh, <laughs> lots Perfect. of local racing trophies and things like that that, that I've come across over the years. Yeah, you have to send us a, a picture of that and we'll we'll share it on the Facebook page. That'd be cool to see. I'm sure, I there's some really good, yeah, cool stuff that. in there. The new wife decided one corner needed to be hers, so we did that. <laughs> well, we're fortunate enough to have one room, so yeah. <laughs> Mine's more like a closet, but yeah, <laughs> I have a corner, and that's oh, about it. <laughs> well, sorry, I'm uh, bougie. I have a whole room then. Sorry. <laughs> I guess I do have a whole garage, so you do. I guess you can count that. <laughs> yeah, whole race shops over there. Cool. Well, I'll pass. You know, one of my dreams is that uh, Denver could wind up getting a Colorado Motorsports Hall of Fame museum. 
Yes. That would be awesome. And uh, I would like to donate all of my stuff to that. I mean, I've got the helmet that our first president was wearing when he got killed. Wow. <laughs> Racing in 1947. Wow. I have the timing box that we used at Lakeside Speedway. Wow. Uh, I have yeah, the flags we used at Second Creek. I've got a whole bunch of you start to go find me, page. just disappear, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you hold on to that, no matter what happens. You hold on to that, all that stuff, because eventually, you never know what can happen. We'll get a museum, and I know our last guest on our episode, uh, Joe Starr, would be a huge, huge pusher for that. So, mm -hmm. definitely. Well, I think if we could get corporate sponsorship somewhere, mm -hmm. we could probably pull it off. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to talk to those kind of people. <laughs> me either. <laughs> you start talking more than a hundred dollars you've lost me exactly <laughs> well, we could uh, influence some tax dollars yeah yeah well yeah, there's that well hopefully <laughs> stuff like this can help out that cause and uh, get at least the conversation started absolutely yeah to me the perfect place would be the south end of lakeside amusement parks parking lot yeah mm -hmm. they can knock down what's left of the speedway which is going to happen eventually anyway and put the museum in there and Rhoda could make money off the property all year long, there but you, you would have to have a complete detail down to the, down to the penny proposition that would show her it would cost her not a dime and she could make money on it yep. before mm -hmm. she'd even listen to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we might have to find another place to go to, but I think there's enough corporate sponsorship out there that you could scrape together and make it happen. Right. I think so too. Speaking of Lakeside, what year was it that Lakeside closed? 1988. 1988. Okay. Yeah, the accident happened, I think, uh, early August. They finished out the season, and that was it. Wow. Yeah. wow. So how many uh, – you did maim off a ton of uh, you know cars that were racing out there. On an average night, how many total of all the classes that you run, how, what was the average car count, total car count for, uh, for you guys back then? Well, in the mid-50s, you would have about 100 cars totally. in the program. 75 would show up. Yeah. And 24 cars would make them the A class. 24 would make the B class. And everybody else got thrown into what they called the hooligan, <laughs> which was a 15-lap sprint. Well, it, it was a it was a 15 lap race that took about 45 minutes to run with all the cleanups <laughs> they had to do. It was all right. the guys with bad cars or rookies, right. and, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but the winner of that got to start at the back of the semi main event for the B cars. Okay. And so gotcha. and he got a trophy. So you know, they didn't pay a lot back then. But yeah, they had up to 75 or 80 cars show up a night. Dang, uh, that's good. In the 60s, they were down to about oh, I would guess probably. Well, probably still about the same with the late models and all that. They they'd have pretty close to a hundred cars show up. Wow, so it was nice. uh, very Four exciting. Days. That fifth mile track, and you start twenty four cars on the main event was <laughs> real fun to watch. Oh you know, yeah, it was. <laughs> all the starts were inverted too. Oh, okay, they so bring yeah. that back. So your fast guys like Don Wilson and Sammy Sauer were on the back row. They wow. had so they used to, to get to the front. It yeah. was exciting. <laughs> so it should be right. <laughs> I agree. Yes, I agree. Well, we got to show the watch a winner come off the front row. <laughs> yeah, we got to show this comment from Mr. Scotty here. The models of the modified coupes that you make are phenomenal. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I uh, 
I like to make the model cars uh, of the cars that raced out there and give them to the guys who raced if they're oh, wow. still around or their families if they're not. That's and, cool. Uh, that's pretty well received. Yeah, uh, wow. good. My paint jobs suck. <laughs> Painting's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's just race authentic. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if it looks good at 50 miles an hour and 10 feet away or 30 feet away, you're good. That's all there that matters. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's the way I like to look at it. Readability. That's all that matters. That's it. Big numbers, <laughs> small sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. That's what I hate about today's Indy cars. What's the yeah. car number? <laughs> yeah. You can't even tell by the paint scheme anymore. Yeah. Right? Well, you got two of them that look identical. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but which yeah one's which? And then 25 different primary sponsors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They change every week. You know, if you're if you're going to do that, have two cars that look identical, paint the wheels different colors. Right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. See it from the stands. But uh, no, I I loved the racing back then because you know a really good driver could borrow somebody else's car. They make it run just as fast. Mm -hmm. Right. And today it's all about the setup. And uh, I don't know. I, I never, when I ran my mod coupe, um, I never had enough horsepower to worry about learning how to drive. <laughs> I stayed out of the way. And I was very good at that. One <laughs> one really good example, I wasn't very good at it, but, you know, that cost me a car. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Go with ahead. the mod coop, with the mod coops, you know, for like you were kind of mentioning in your, uh, you know, bio there, uh, they used to run out at Colorado National Speedway for like four or five, six years in a row, and they'd run 10, 12 nights uh, a year. So kind of like what is it just like the car count went down and, and you started cutting races or is just was it kind of something that um, the track didn't really feel was in a sense, quote unquote, profitable. Well, yeah, um, the track wanted to have X number of cars, mm -hmm. which I understand, you know, a race of five cars on that three eighths mile, if they're all spread out, is not a race. It's not fun to watch. It's not exciting. Yeah. Um, you send people to the concession stands early. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a time where we had 20, 24 cars out mm -hmm. there. You know, uh, I've got a picture that Joe Starr put together of our starting field back in, I think it was 2007. And we had we had 24 cars there. And I think what the problem was is that so many guys that had mod coupes would tell us, gee, if you change the engine rule to this, I'd bring my mod coupe out. We've heard that before. And I think we tried to please too many people. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the last straw was the, uh, the crate motor rule. Everybody, well, not everybody. People said, if you bring the crate motor rule, I'll bring out my car. So we did. And uh, guys complained, you know, I got to spend more money to go slower. They didn't like that. And, it, you, you know, you, you bunched the cars up and made for maybe closer racing. But uh, um, the guys who were used to being out in front didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. car count dropped off. Um, I'd like to say slowly, but it was probably over a period of two to three years that we completely cool. we were down to like six cars. Wow! Wow! That's, That's important. Right now we've got six, six or seven cars that are running up at Cheyenne, and uh, you know I love Cheyenne. It's a great track, 
for those cars. Um, when I was racing, I finished fifth out of 11 cars up there and couldn't sleep that night. That <laughs> was a car that had no horsepower to speak of, <laughs> but it handled that night. So uh, right. that was a great night for me. Yeah. Hey, like we said, it's all about getting through the turns. That's it. You can turn. It makes a big difference, especially on a small track like like Cheyenne, which is a fifth mile. Right. Mm -hmm. um, back in the day, guys used to take their cars to Cheyenne on Saturday night and race at Lakeside on Sunday. Yeah. They were so similar. Yeah. So how many different cars have you driven over your career? Me? Yes. Um, four. Four. Um, one mini stock out at Second Creek, which got destroyed at the end of the year. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that was not my fault. <laughs> Never is. <laughs> at least not the initial crash. <laughs> the one the next week, that was. Um, and then uh, I've run three mod coupes. Um, nice. One of which I stood on its rear bumper at Pueblo, which wasn't a very happy ending. Um, oh. But the other two were just because I moved on to another car. Mm. And then the last time was, uh, well, we either sell the mod coupe or live in the mod coupe. And the, <laughs> I just didn't want to consider that at the time. Yeah, not a lot of room in there. What kind of priority is that? You know, <laughs> Some people say that's a luxury. Well, yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. <laughs> but to me, racing is still the most fun I've had with my clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll second that one. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, you, you know, that. it's you know, it's kind of funny when you were mentioning about when you guys moved to Second Creek to start racing. Uh, I think, George, if you want to chime in on this or not, I think it was in 1999. It was. It was uh, the last year that they were running there. Yeah, we actually, for one time, uh, we had an old methanol cart that uh, Jordan and I used to share. And um, I got to race it one time out at that uh, Second Creek uh, track. So... It's kind of cool to know that that was who was putting it on was the CARC because uh, I was like maybe what toward 10. Yeah, we were like that. We were young. Something like that. Was, we young. Well, like that. So fast. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like the perfect size cars. track for for those carts because, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't very big because they had the that night they had the modifieds out there and they had a couple late models and stuff. And I mean, you, you know, you really couldn't get in the throttle very much for the mod coupes and stuff. It's it's like good decent size but uh, but for the go-karts i mean they were absolutely ripping around that track is like perfect size. to the floor yeah yeah is that the one i drove that time at imi the one that's in your backyard no 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 this is uh this was out uh this was we got rid of that car Race. a long time ago yeah, yeah. Well, if you know where uh, um rocky mountain speedway was yep second creek was right next door going south yep mm -hmm. Which unfortunately, yeah, Rocky Mountains no longer there. What area? Because I'm not a Colorado native. What area are we talking about here? Okay. Uh, Commerce City. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Here. I'm getting my directions. Started a, it started out as a drag strip. Oh. Mm -hmm. And as they a, had a that drag strip was the main straight of the mm -hmm. road course at Second Creek. Yeah. Wow. And the CARC just uh, took that hairpin at the north end and asphalted across the south end of that hairpin mm -hmm. to make the oval mm -hmm. I was say, it's like six tracks in one it looks like <laughs> yeah it felt like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but didn't they uh did they not repurpose that whole track and reopen it i thought a couple years ago i saw something on um facebook or somewhere that they were gonna it was still gonna be a road course 
they, they were going to. I they've repurposed it as a uh, residential area. Oh, they have. Oh, uh, yes. Bummer. Uh -huh. Bummer. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, let's get Dale and his crew here for an episode of Lost Speedways. That'd be cool. There you <sighs> go. Yep. Yeah. Hidden under all the new uh, developments. What a shame. What a when shame. those tracks were built, there was nothing there. You yeah. Know, Lakeside and, and Englewood were both somewhat surrounded, uh, even when they were built. But you look at CNS, and there was nothing out there when they took it out. Nothing right. but those little air, uh, oil derricks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, took felt like it took forever to get out there because there was nothing to look at. <laughs> that's right. Once you got north of 120th, there was like yeah. nothing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So just me being uh, interested, because I don't, I don't know much about the mod coops themselves. So I'm completely learning as we kind of do this podcast and stuff and, and learning from what I've seen online and whatnot. But have, have, they ever have you guys ever considered doing like off asphalt, going to like I-76 Calhan and stuff like that? Would that even be like, is, is the car too far off to even consider doing something like that? Or is it something like, uh, like back in the day when you, my father used to run the IMCA modifies where they'd run asphalt and then the dirt, like simul back to back weeks. There were a couple of times that our guys went to, there was a track outside a steamboat, a Hayden. There was a dirt track out there. Our mm -hmm. guys raced there in the seventies. I think it was. Um, and then they went to Craig Road Speedway in Nevada and raced on the dirt there. I think that was dirt. But um, I think our cars are a little too fragile for dirt. Mm -hmm. um, I think some of the guys would do it. I think they'd be fine with it. I'm sure they'd definitely do it. Hold on here, watch this. I never liked getting my car dirty. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm one of those guys that when the back end started to come around, it's like, whoa, time to back off and straighten her out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a dirt track guy. Yeah. Yeah. Dirt, dirt, definitely. You got to just hold it and just pray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a learning curve, but I'm 69 now and I don't need to learn too many <laughs> old tricks or new tricks. <laughs> I think some of the guys would go for it. Yeah. That's funny. So as far as involvement to help get people more involved in helping keeping the, the dream alive and the history of Colorado racing alive, uh, what kind of events do you guys do outside of just racing that people can start getting involved in? Is there fundraisers, stuff like that? What, how, can, how can people help out and, and keep the word alive? Well, at this point, we're just uh, getting together as many people as we can to show up at Cheyenne and run. Mm -hmm. um at this point we're not i don't think we have anything planned for uh fundraisers or anything like that we do have uh some of our cars are in the cvor so when they show up right. some of our guys go with that and so there's exposure um but um they're just yeah, out it's, seeing it's a small cool. select group of people at yep. this point and what i don't understand is that right now we don't really have an engine rule so it's pretty much bring, run what you bring. Yeah. If hey, Cheating Chuck Smith. If you want to stuff cool. we're in there and, uh, you know, if you think you need that at Cheyenne, knock yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to spend that kind of money for a plastic trophy. Okay. <laughs> yep. And spinning the, tires, uh, yeah, yeah. Spinning the tires all the way down the straightaway. That's <laughs> about it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, I'd be okay with that. Straight away too. 
<laughs> so Paul, uh, I'm actually from Cheyenne and, and grew up going to big country and I haven't been back since they've changed it to Intermountain, obviously, but I've heard uh, a lot of rumors and comments that the, the track, uh, I'm not naming any names or anything, but for certain reasons, one reason or another that the track is kind of declining. Is there anything you can add to that? Is that true or? Um, it had been, but this last year, the track, it looked like it's really coming back. Um, they're getting more and more people, uh, more and more cars to show up. And the pits, you know, three years ago, you could shoot a bazooka in the pits and not hit anything. Um, <laughs> but now it's starting to starting to show back up. Uh, they actually had the King of the Wings sprint cars there right. the night. Yeah, after after they went to no before they before went they to, it was a weekend yeah it was the that was before. that was real fun to see yeah i mean not all the guys showed up down up there but uh um i think it's starting to come back i think the management's solid and um they they had guys volunteer to uh donate money to help patch the track where it needed it oh wow so i i think yeah. it's on its way back yeah, that's good to hear. And I know the legends, a lot of the local legend drivers have seen us, they go up there whenever they, they run them up there. So that's good. And I know, I think, Jake, a, a few games come up there and, and get after it when they have them up there. Yeah, well, Darren Clark, he's from Cheyenne. So I right. know a lot of times when he's not racing at CNS, he'll, uh, especially if he does a little bit of changes to the car, you know, performance-wise more than setup-wise, because it's definitely a lot different setup-wise. But I know he goes out there occasionally and uh, and runs. But I've never seen anybody from Intermountain Speedway come down to Karnashma Speedway. So I, I'm wondering if maybe their schedules, our schedules, kind of conflicted a little too much yeah. to where some of them couldn't come down. But I mean, so, I, so I, I I'd I'd love to maybe go try Intermountain. I mean, especially since the car we bought this last year was I do believe the track champion last year. I mean, granted there was only like three or four cars out there, but I mean, it ran well there, so I'd, I'd definitely be down to go at least check it out once, maybe this next year. Yeah, I'd love to as well. They, they both run on Saturday nights, so yeah. they, there's the problem, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. problem. Well, and that's something we've talked about, too, before, is uh, there was a question from one of our uh, Scrub and Tires podcast fans of, of how can we get some of these other tracks like Intermountain Speedway and I-25 some more exposure, and... I'm a huge advocate of doing what the legend cars do right now. And it's, it's a, a league or kind of like the CARC is, you know, it's a specific you're, we're going to run these three tracks and you're going to run your series through us. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether like the CARC picks up maybe the a grand American modified series and we you know rotate through all the tracks. But I, I think that would definitely help a lot of these tracks in Colorado, especially add more cars to their uh, car count by having a series for Colorado or a regional one to where we go to, you know, Cheyenne, Pueblo, and Colorado National Speedway. So uh, what do you think, what are your kind of your thoughts on, on that about possibly doing something like that? I think that sounds really good. Um, we did that for a couple of years where we raced all three tracks and, um, you know, it was great. Um, I'm not quite sure which tracks would jump on us because, yeah, they demand so many cars before they'll let you on the track, mm -hmm. um, which kind of confuses me because three years ago, they wouldn't let the CARC show up 
because we didn't have enough cars. But I was out there watching a truck race that had five trucks. Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. know that that's a NASCAR sanctioned group, mm -hmm. but still, um, like I said, five cars out there doesn't make a very good show. Right. So, yeah. And there's um, Cheyenne will take as many cars as we send up there. Yeah. Uh, I think we had some races this year with three cars. So, um, well, and not to dog on like I 25 or nothing, but they had a couple nights where they had the super late models run and they were running literally four, right? And yeah. and two guys ran away with it. And we the so, gams on a handful of times, I do believe they only had three, yeah. Wow. So, but those were NASCAR sanctioned races, yeah. yeah. So some of the guys showed up to get the NASCAR points, points that's true, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. so I understood that, but still, it didn't make for a very good show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, the, the, when the new owner took over I-25, what was it, four years ago, five years ago, he just ran it into the ground overnight. And I think they're fighting to come back from that, which is a right. pity because that's a great track. Yeah. Like I said, growing up, that was banking. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when Perry White used to run that track, uh, it was it top, was aces. top notch. What did it, I look it was great. Going out there every Saturday night, I had a blast. Yeah, we raced down there for a good five years, six years straight, and they loved us, and we loved them. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this could be a, a push to something, something good. Never know what might happen. Yeah, Scrubbing Tires podcast. We work magic. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're at least trying. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool, Paul. Well, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, we, like I said, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, I guess we'll give you the floor to, to say anything else you'd like to say, and then uh, we'll uh, get into the rest of our show. Um, well, I appreciate the opportunity to come on, talk about the CARC. My dad took me out to Lakeside when I was six, and to me it was like the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And uh, that racing back then still stands as the best racing I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, the heroes I had back then, uh, Sammy Sauer was my guy. And Sammy was there to win each race by the widest margin possible, <laughs> which didn't always work out for him, but he was fun to watch. Right. Um, it's a cool name, too. But that's what got my, my interest in racing and uh, had it ever since I was six. And uh, from then on, it could have been gee, we can go to Disneyland this year or the races at Lakeside. And I'm like, well, we're going to Lakeside. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true racer right there. So I yeah, wish I, they would bring it back to life. That's for sure. Well, mm. that won't happen. Uh, so. Just to, just to you, like you're saying, you almost use it as a museum, though. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, re rebuild the track, just make it look like it once was, and then utilize it to, to be that, that gem to host everything Colorado sport or motorsports related. Yeah, well, that's a nice dream. I know. <laughs> we all can do that. <laughs> the last time they paved the track was 1982. Oh, she's good. But the contractor said, uh, we can't put any more asphalt on top of what we've already done. Uh, we'll have to, Next time, you'll have to tear it all off and repave it. Well, like they did with they the... They were asked, how much would that be? And in 1982 right. dollars, they said, about a million. Oof. Oh. Yeah. So... Uh, I can tell you that that track will never see asphalt again. And she's letting the trees grow through it and break it apart. Yeah. Which right. is working very well. Yes. Um, 
I, I really think that what's left needs to be knocked down. You could maybe keep one section of the grandstands just as a That'd be cool. I don't know, place for photo ops and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, but Historical I think you, know, yeah. you, you could have a museum with a, a, a meeting room and uh, people could have banquets in there and speeches yeah. and you know, car shows all year. And, you know, uh, there's the opportunity, but I, I don't see it happening at Lakeside. I, I don't yeah. think she's she's up to that. I don't think she wants to do that. Hey, you know, who's listening? We'll start a GoFundMe page. We'll just go over to Home Depot, get some concrete <laughs> bags, and we'll just do it. I was going to say, Dale Earnhardt Jr. took the iRacing crew to North Wilkesboro and mowed that and did all that. So I'd be I'd be willing to help. Hey, all you all you listeners, grab your weed whackers, your chainsaws, <laughs> jackhammers, uh, jack you know, anything you got, and let's go have some fun. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so now when she needs wood, she just goes out to – the speedway underneath mm -hmm. those north stands, which were there in the 30s, and like 12 by 12 cedar in there or something like that. I can't remember what kind of wood it is, but it's it's been protected by the weather for all these years, and it wow. she needs wood, it's down there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'll never go to Lakeside Amusement Park ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Lakeside Amusement Park. <laughs> <laughs> Right on, Paul. Well, again, greatly appreciate you coming on. And like we all said at the beginning of it, we we didn't know you from Adam, but I'm super glad we got to know you a little bit and your history and talk about the CARC and um, get it out, get some exposure to it, because it definitely means a lot to everyone who enjoys racing in the, in the state of Colorado. And hopefully every state in the United States has something like this and people like yourself and Joe Starr and everybody to, to kind of tell us young people about the history and, and how it was back then and, and stuff like that. It's super, super cool to hear from you and, and share your story. So I'll give it to Jake and Jordan for their outro of you. Well, I yeah. sure appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. And, and like uh, Brandon just said, it was great to get to know you a little bit more in, in the history of the CARC. And um, I actually didn't even know the Mod Coops ran through the CARC. Uh, we had a buddy, Kyle Ray, that uh, drove Joe Starr's uh mod coop for a while and i didn't even know that's that's why why they drove so that's pretty cool to to hear all the history and, and your history and where you've come from and and all that good stuff so yes thank you so much again for uh joining us for a little bit while we uh banter about racing <laughs> well thank you guys for having me on i really appreciate it it's been a lot of fun yeah absolutely ahead. No problem. We'll have to get on our, our Facebook page as well and uh, share uh, some of these pictures and stuff. Absolutely. So please, by all means, send us uh, send us an email with anything and everything that you have, and we will uh, be sure to share it to all of our fans and listeners so that they can uh, enjoy the the history a little bit of what you have, even your basement. We'd love to see a picture yeah, of your basement. Definitely. That uh, shrine, that would be cool. Okay, will do. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you, Thank you. All right. So that was fun. Yeah, it was. was way fun. That's, That's crazy. That I, I didn't know a whole heck of a lot about that, but I'm, I'm glad we glad we had him on there. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to go check up, check out to those races. And, and stuff yeah, like that. I haven't seen the mod coops run for. Quite yeah, a long, and that's like he said, that CVOR, the vintage racers, that's some of those were out at CNS. So we'll yep. have to mm -hmm. push for that and get people to check out that. It just it's kind of sad um, that people yeah. are just kind of given up on it and everything so hopefully him coming on here can spark something and we'll do whatever yeah. we can to 
Mm-hmm. And it, like you just said, it's sad that, you know, people can't be pleased with rules. You got to always be changing them, you know, like I, I would love to see some different rules, but you know what, we're going to, I'm going to go with what, what we're given. We're going to take the rules as they lie and we're going to, we're going to run with them and, right. you know, and do our best doing it. We're not going to not show up. You know, I, we spent all this money on a race car. It does us no good sitting in the uh, the old shop collecting dust when you know you could be out at least just having fun. You know, yeah. I know you know tires and stuff like that can get expensive, but you're you're taking at least ten thousand dollars that was already paid for and just letting it sit there. That's that's a bigger waste of money than going out and trying to buy new tires and at least utilizing what your money was spent on. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right. Well, guys. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. I had a great time. So I guess we're what get into our closing oh. thoughts here. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you took my segment, man. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I've had two beers. Forgive I've me. Had... I'm, I'm getting parched over here. I got a pounder, and uh, <laughs> I should have got another little one. To, uh, I got like one swallow left. Just, just reach behind you and grab yeah. another. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you need to train your dog. Yeah, he's upstairs probably sleeping. By oh, doing this, just yeah. Snap. <laughs> yeah. Hey What's Dale, it? Dale, give me a beer. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Dale, yeah. <laughs> well, cool, fellas. Uh this is the unfortunate part of our podcast, which just means it's the end of our podcast for this week. Uh, love each and every uh, se- segment episode that we do. It's always fun and getting on here. I, I definitely like doing this live stuff. So we're going to go ahead and get into our closing comments here. I'll go ahead and start us off. Um, I thought that was a super cool interview with uh, Paul, getting to know the CARC uh, a lot more and uh, kind of the history through there and, and all the cars and things that they've done over the years to run and keep racing in Colorado live. That was pretty awesome. Like George said, I'd love to see Lakeside become Lakeside again. Yeah. You know, maybe someone with a lot of money and doesn't know what to do with it. Uh, you know, it, the <laughs> biggest thing is, problem. yeah. The, the, if you've ever been to Lakeside, Brandon, I have not. It's, you have to go it's, check it's, it out. It's kind of cool because I'm, I'm not, I'm a, what do you call that? Foreigner. <laughs> yeah, right. you're, you're, you're one of those uh, transplants. I mean, transplant. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just hearing about all this stuff, because I mean, there's not, uh, not to get off topic, but Intermountain, and I think there's a couple more like north of Cheyenne racetracks, but that's all Wyoming has. So it's cool to, yeah. to hear about all these. So there's literally like lakeside, the track, and then like 50 feet behind it is an amusement park like Elitch's. It's like a mini. It actually used to and be. Where Elitch is this at? No, no, no. It's, it's always been Lakeside. Elitch's well, used to be somewhere it, else, but it's well, like I a mini that. Elitch's. I'm just saying. It's, it, yeah. it, it used to be the prestigious amusement mm-hmm. park to go to. Uh, so we actually passed it. Um, so that t- that day we got rained out driving to the I track. I do know what you're talking about. Remember okay. Those, yes. those roller coasters. So that's yeah. Lakeside. So there's okay. actually the track is on the back side, the south, south side, side of it. Yep. And I mean, it is tiny. I mean, because that's only tiny, what, tiny. like fifteen minutes northeast of you. Uh, about twenty North. minutes. It's actually yeah, about yeah. five minutes from my mom's work at on Sheridan. So, wow. but yeah, uh, it's super small track. So literally in the area, uh, there's just literally nowhere you could. I mean, you could probably revamp the track, but there's nowhere people could park, especially trailers for actual cars. Yeah. There's just nowhere you could park 
for the pits. So that's one of the biggest reasons, plus the noise. The, yeah. That area is starting to grow, and people would complain about literally dogs barking, let alone race cars being out there. So, yeah. um, but I'd love for somebody to build another track, kind of like Lakeside, and and super small, you know, a little bit of banking, and just kind of start some history back on that. So, um, my other closing thoughts: it sounds like the uh, racing this weekend was uh, some of great racing. Uh, not a whole lot of okay. CNS racing. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Bubba Wallace. Sorry. <laughs> Can I give up today? Give our boy, uh, you know, Mr. Morris a thumbs down Morris. on his win. No. <laughs> <CNS number. laughs> well, I mean, the Xfinity Series race and the truck race was pretty good. Uh, the truck, the Cup Series, not so much. But um, Colorado National Speedway, all of those, all those guys out there showing up and and trying their best. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um good job to everybody out there sounds like it was a pretty uh clean race uh two features out there and and not a whole lot of people got torn up so uh brad scuffa sh shout out to you love that you're uh is valerie your girlfriend wife i'm so sorry i don't know um either way valerie thank you for being the uh person to do live video on that yes. i love watching the races so i'll stop talking now so uh jordan i'll pass over to you on your closing thoughts getting parched man Jeez. <laughs> um i'm officially out uh, i'm pretty much out too no i agree <laughs> with you um yeah brent you definitely have to go check out lakeside um it's like he was talking about there's like junker cars in the middle of the track like it, there's crap everywhere but you can still you can if you pull into the parking lot of the amusement park you can get out and actually walk around because they have it all fenced off but you can walk around and see the track of what it used to be and you can actually go on youtube because i've done this a couple times do a search for youtube on yeah, for lakeside speedway and check out some of the old racing they have there it was it's pretty phenomenal so yeah i i was Looking forward to this and kind of, I know we only got, I know uh, Scott Bremkamp said that uh, what you got was an extremely small portion of stories and history. I know that. Uh, unfortunately, we can only fit in so much yeah. in this episode. We'd but, love to talk for eight hours. but Yeah, we'd love to talk for eight hours and hear every, you know, every little detail about the history of, because um, I wanted to talk to him about specific drivers and everything oh, else yeah. too. Because I know that there's uh, like Joe James Jr. was in that series uh, back in like the seventies. And so was, um, uh, Rick Corelli and Rick Corelli's father. Say Rick Corelli, yeah. Yeah, Corelli was in that, and his father, I think, is Don Don Corelli. I think was his father's name. He was in there as well. Um, so, yeah, I was super excited. Glad that we got to at least get a little bit uh, taste about the that series and and the history that goes on there. But uh, didn't Grandpa help out a race team that raced at Lakeside? No, it was, it was, he, so was our grandfather, yeah, that was, uh, back in Wisconsin. He oh. helped out with a couple of race car drivers for, um, when they were racing at the Milwaukee mile, he actually helped out on a cup team in the sixties, I do believe from what he told me, uh, at Pocono. Wow. So, um, but yeah, anyways, oh, what he actually did, we have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably the one. Yeah. He was just there snuck drinking beer. Was yeah. Going yeah. In. Yeah. He was drinking beer. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, yeah, great week. Looking forward to, uh, next week. Are we going to announce? We are. Oh, we are. So, uh, stay tuned for our next special guest. We got like three in a row here. We're going to be doing, yeah, some we've, interviews been, for... we've been busy. 
This is this, this yeah. is awesome. I, I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you guys enjoy the interviews and hearing the stories that people have to tell. Uh, we're going to keep rolling this all the way up until the end of the NASCAR season. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll probably take a little bit of a hiatus and then pick it back up in January. So yeah. we're going to try and cram as much as we can here in the <laughs> few short episodes we got left. So, but uh, enjoy your week, everybody. Yeah. And so um, I hearing hearing Paul speak and everything like this. I don't know if you two watched Lost Speedways on Peacock with Dale Jr. and, and Paul uh-huh. uh, or uh, what's his name? Dillner, Matthew Dillner. Um, but I kind of the whole kind of hearing him would just resembled like an episode of that. So it's super cool. And I'm a nerd. I, I like to hear about history and see the, art, see the artifacts and see all that. So super cool. Like like we said, we didn't know Paul from Adam um, coming into this thing and uh, I forget whoever nominated him to come on the show on that Give Me Some Lovin' um, episode. But thank you to whoever you were. Uh, sorry, I forgot your name. But thank you for getting Paul on there. And honestly, I had no idea. But he did reach out to us and said, hey, I'd love to come on and, and talk about the CARC. And I was like, absolutely. So we made it happen. And he's kind of been waiting in line. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a good thing because of how many guests we've had uh, volunteering to come on. So finally got him on there. And uh, yeah, but... My closing thoughts, like George alluded to, um, super excited. Anytime we have a guest on, it means a lot to us, obviously, because they want to come on and they have enough enough respect and so forth to listen to us three knuckleheads talk and <laughs> carry on. But uh, next week, episode 17, we're going to have none other than Chris Eggleston on. He agreed to uh, come on and honestly, just so stoked to have that. Um, obviously, the CNS fans, he needs no introduction um, to you guys, but to everyone else who doesn't know, he's a a legend, like you heard Joe Starr uh, mention last week, uh, sure ballot Hall of Famer uh, for sure in the state of Colorado and maybe in beyond. He's been in truck series and NASCAR and, and stuff like that and ARCA series or what, yep. what was the K&N series, the West series. But yeah, super excited for next week's episode. I We have a lot of homework to do because uh, I'm sure he has a lot of stories and a lot of, I mean, like we were mentioning Intermountain, I, I watched Chris when he was probably 15, 16 years old, tear that track apart in the legend cars when I was like 10, 12, 13, and just thinking, my God, this guy. Um, but yeah, so super excited for next week's episode. Hopefully everyone uh, tunes in and, and catches that episode. Like George said, we're running down on the CNS schedule, but we plan on going through the NASCAR schedule with the podcast, um, kind of just focusing on that um, more so than we do right now. Um, obviously with the CNS stuff, but yeah, getting into the more of the NASCAR stuff once in two weeks, once the CNS stuff kind of dies down and uh, get into the nitty gritty round of eight and then round of four and, and go from there. You know, what we could talk about is I do believe they put on Facebook as well. The uh, IRMLRA boom. Hey. I racing series starts <laughs> on, I think they said, I think it's November 14th. Yeah. yeah. So, so we could be talking about a little bit of that, at least to uh, get us through. Oh, yeah. I'll just yeah. have a little bit of a vent session about how I got taken <laughs> out or something like that. But Yeah, how I finished <laughs> next to last. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I did end the season strong with, a, uh, I think I finished ninth or 10th last year. So yeah, forward to it. I won a couple races. I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, so I will not be doing that, but I'll just I, try. I want to just try and run in the top 10 because uh, last <laughs> That's year. my goal. Last year, a couple, of, especially some of these tracks where that higher line is the preferred line on the asphalt. Oh, like Lucas Oil and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you run the trucks and it's a, you know, fixed setup and 
I I have no idea what I'm doing. Jordan races. I was racing. I racing like nine hours yeah. a day, and I've run it like nine hours a year. Look, literally, oh, there's no, my rig. No, like damn, sitting right there. There you go. It's like <laughs> I'm trying my ass off here, and he just blows by me, and we're like 80 laps into this race, and he's <laughs> blowing by me like I'm standing still. <laughs> oh, your mom's joking on you. I know, dude. No, I can't. I that happened to me three races. Three races, three races last year. I uh, ran out of fuel while leading the race, coming to like two to go. Or uh, the very first race I ever did, uh, we were racing the SK Modifieds at Phoenix. I was running up front, I think, with uh, Marky and and Kyle and a bunch of you know a bunch of the other guys. I was leading the race, got to the back straightaway, ran out of fuel. First race oh, wow. I ever was in and <laughs> ran out of fuel. And then I it happened a couple that. more times. Like uh, so, that's like my mo. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. He'll blow it in the ninth. It's <laughs> uh, serious. Yeah. Well, some of those some of those races are a battle of attrition. If you can just dodge all the wrecks, you'll finish top ten. Mm -hmm. See, True. and that's the one thing I'm not looking forward to. I I <laughs> sorry to say this, Brandon, but when they race the legend cars, because those oh, things, it's... it's like I remember one race. We literally were all on there chatting with each other, each other like. Can we at least go three laps, guys, without somebody spinning yeah. and wrecking and causing a caution? Yeah, I think, I think I, there was one race. Literally every five laps, we had a caution. Oh yeah, that was that was a, quite a few of them. And then uh, uh, the Trantham's got on there, and like, guys, seriously, if we can't <laughs> if we can't get this together, like, we're gonna end the broadcast. But yeah, no, I, I was just trying to not make a lot of noise since I was kind of new to it, and nobody nobody knew who I was because like. Oh, I didn't even run with you guys uh, that whole rest of the yep. last season. So nobody knew who I was like, who's this kid? Um, <laughs> so I didn't want to um, wreck anybody or do anything crazy, but maybe I'll get a little more aggressive. But Heck yeah. What's all about. Yeah. But yeah, great, a great episode, guys. And um, hopefully everyone watching enjoyed it. And, and if you aren't watching it live, you can come back, watch us whenever you want on Facebook. And we've figured out how to extract the audio. Put it on Audacity, Spotify, iTunes, all the good stuff, just like we normally do. So if you like to listen to it um, that way, give me like a day, and I'll have it up uh, tomorrow afternoon for you, so you can listen to it there. But thank you, George. Thank you, Jake, uh, for jumping on here. It was a fun episode, and like I said, we'll have to get our pencils out and sharpened up for uh, Mr. Chris Eggleston next week. Definitely oh, yeah. looking forward to that one. Do some homework on that one. Absolutely, going to be a fun one. So, all right, guys, everyone, like us, share us. Tell us what you think of the episode, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. Cheers. Have a good night, everybody. Door, quarter, clear, clear. All you. New leader. Checkers are out. Bring it home. Come on. Jacob, Jordan, and myself would like to say thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scrub and Tires podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook by searching at Scrub and Tires Podcast. Again, that's at Scrub and Tires Podcast.